0: As you've seen, we are walking through the book of Acts, taking it chunk by chunk, and we have come now to Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. And as I was um, studying this week, getting ready for this message, you know, on its face, if you just read this, and I was just going to tell you what happened, I would just say, um, you know, Peter and John heal, uh, heal a man that was born, that was born lame. You know, I, I would just say like that. Like at its at, at its basic facts of what happens in this story, that's it. There's a man that's healed, uh, but as I as I uh, studied and, and, and looked at the words of the text of the Word of God, um, it, it really was, was drawn out, and uh, and my heart was especially touched uh, as I was reading this week, because I think at our core, as human beings, you and I. I think we all want to be truly seen. I think, I think we all want to be truly known in our lives. Like we want people to really know who we are and, uh, and what makes us that way. We want to be truly known and we want to be truly loved, fully known, fully loved for who we are in Christ, don't we? I mean, we want people to really know us. And I think for many of us who have... Um, gone through difficult times in our lives, we've fallen into sin like we all have, I think it's natural for us to think, if somebody really knew what I have done, or if somebody really, if my friends really knew what was going on in my heart and my mind, if somebody really knew what was, what was going on, I don't, I don't think they would like me anymore. I don't think they would think I was a Christian anymore. If they really knew what was happening in my heart and in my life, if they really knew what I had done. I think that's a temptation for all of us to battle with. And as individuals, you and I, I think we all know our own sinful hearts, don't we? We, we all know what, what is really in our hearts. And we all have things in our lives that we don't want other people to know about, if we're honest. And as a result, what we do is we try to cover things up. We don't want people to really know what's going on. We don't want people to really know what's happening in our hearts and in our lives because then um, that might cause some pain or people might look at us differently or whatever we think might happen. And as a result, what we do is we walk around with a mask on, You know, like a masquerade ball where you're trying to hide your true identity by having a mask on. That's how we walk around in our lives too often. And at least at times, this is what we act like. And the reality is, this is no way for us to live. Because what Jesus does is he, he changes this. What Jesus does is he shows us that we can come to him with all of our sin, all of the shame that we've piled up, everything that we've done in our past. Jesus says that we can come to him and receive love and grace and forgiveness and he, he truly knows us for who we are. This is what, this is what Jesus does. With, with Jesus, we can take off the masks. We can stop pretending and acting like everything's okay. We can, we can uh, bear our souls and be real with who we truly are and what's really going on with Jesus. And he still will receive us with the grace and love that he so graciously pours out upon us. This is true for us. As we are seen and known and loved by Jesus, we can then extend that kind of grace and love to other people. And that's what we see in our text today. That's what I think is at the heart and at the core of this text. And the idea then of, uh, of the, the point of this sermon is this. Is that we continue the ministry of Jesus by seeing and loving the overlooked. We continue the ministry of Jesus by seeing and loving the overlooked. And what happens in this text, Luke um, launches into a specific story about the signs and the wonders that were talked about in Acts 2.43. And here, Peter and John are going up to the temple at the hour of prayer. They're, they're going up to the temple, and they see a man who was born lame. He is born this way. He has not walked. We come to find out that he's over 40 years old. He was born this way. He, he, um, he has never walked in his whole life. He's over 40 years old. And before we dig into this encounter, I want to remind us of what the the overarching point of the book of Acts is. If you remember, what we've been talking about is that the the book of Acts begins with Luke telling us that this is all that Jesus began to do and to teach. This is all Jesus began to do and teach. Talking about the the gospel of Luke, he's saying this is what Jesus began to do and teach, which means that that the book of Acts is all that Jesus continues to do so through the Holy Spirit, um, through his disciples, the ministry of Jesus continues. And that's what the book of Acts is. And so for us today, what we see in Peter and John is an example for us to follow that then we continue the ministry of Jesus. As you and I, as Christians, are filled with the Holy Spirit, and then we go and we live our lives, we are continuing the ministry of Jesus. That's the point, remember, of the whole book of Acts, and the same is true today. That our lives, our ministry is a continuation of what Jesus began to do. So again, what we learn from this encounter is an example for us Christians today to follow. And specifically, what we see in Peter and John is that they continue the ministry of Jesus by noticing and loving the overlooked. In this encounter, we're going to see some things that Jesus cares about. And therefore, these are things that we should care about as well. And the first thing that I see in verses 3 and 4 is this. That Jesus cares for the down and out. Jesus cares for the down and out. This is what we see in verses three and four. Look at it again with me. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. Look at us. Why why would we say this? Why, why, would, why would Peter and John say, look at us? This poor crippled man, more than 40 years old, he's dropped off by somebody he knows, presumably at the temple gate, uh, because it was assumed that as people were going up to worship, they might be a little more generous in what they give, in their money or their food, whatever provision they can give. So he's dropped off at the temple gate, thinking that he's going to receive some sort of money. The assumption, people are going to be more nice as they're going to worship God, which might not always be true, but that's the assumption. That's the assumption. But picture this. This is not so different from what we uh, experience today. Here is somebody. Put put yourself. Think of, think of this um, lame beggar. He's never walked in his life. Th- think of his his life. Here is somebody that has probably very rarely ever been looked in the eyes. How, how many times has somebody actually looked at him in the eyes with care and with love? I mean, and this happens in our world still today. Um, but this is a, a person that is not used to being looked at. Who's not used to, to actually being seen. Who's not used to actually being known and cared about as a person created in the image of God. He's not used to somebody making eye contact with him. And Peter and John say, look at us. Look at us. We all have people like this around us. Of course, our minds might immediately jump to somebody that, um, you know, is, is begging for money, begging for food, holding the sign out on the road. Of course, we, we think of those people as well. And, and uh, people that might uh, be homeless, right? Th- these All all of these people in our society and and, uh, in our community, they are worthy of our love and our care. They are worthy to be looked at in the eyes and treated as a human being, worthy of dignity and love and respect instilled in them by their creator. They're worthy to be looked at and known and loved and cared for by Jesus and by his people, you and I. However, I want to take this a step further. What about the people in our lives who feel unloved, and unknown, and unseen. Because I think this is actually happening all around us. Um, You know, our neighbors that live by themselves down the road, that don't have anybody to talk to, no family in town. You know, that girl that we work with that is just a little bit annoying that we would rather not talk to. Or... You know, that guy at the grocery store that drives us crazy every time we go in there. Well, Go down the list of the people that we see in our lives. Normal, everyday people like you and I that are unseen, overlooked, unknown, not truly looked at uh, as a person worthy of our love and care. And maybe you feel that way. Maybe you feel at times... Uh, lonely. Like nobody, nobody, really, nobody, really no- nobody really cares for me. Nobody really knows me. Nobody's willing to actually look at me in the eye and have a conversation that actually cares. And so you just float through life feeling unloved, unknown, uncared for. This is many of our experiences. And surely it is many of the people around us experiences as well in our lives. Let this encounter be a reminder and an encouragement to us that Jesus really does see us. He really does care for us. And we really can be fully known by him regardless of what we've done in our past. We can still receive his grace, his love, his forgiveness, no matter what our previous decades of life might have looked like. We can still be known, loved, and cared for by Jesus. In fact, this is what he's all about. This is what he came for. These are the people who, who, he, who he came to love and to minister to. So not only does he see us, know us, love us, Jesus wants to, us to, to look at him with our eyes of faith and really be who we are. And what he does is he gives us the gift of himself. That's what we see in this encounter. This man, he asked Peter and John for money. Peter and John look at the man. I look at the man in the eyes with the eyes of Jesus and say, look at us. Look at us. And I don't know why that those three words um, made me so emotional this week. I, I don't know why. I, I was reading in my office and I was telling Emily and Claire about it and I started crying both times. Um, just those three words, look at us. I mean, they're... There is so much power in somebody really seeing us for who we truly are. There's so much power in a relationship where there's intimacy and knowledge about who we truly are when we can be our full selves with somebody and they can look at us in the eye and still love us and know us despite what we've gone through and what we've done. And this is what I see happening as Peter and John continue their the ministry of Jesus. When they say, look at us, there's a, there's a new thing happening. When it comes to the ministry of Jesus and therefore in his church. There's a new thing where we can take off our masks and we can be fully known, fully seen, fully loved for who we truly are in Christ. We don't have to put on the masks anymore. We don't have to act like everything is okay when, when Jesus sees us and knows us and loves us. Look at us. You know what this man expected was to be tossed a few coins Maybe, you know, maybe some food. Um, They thought that he would, you know, they would just toss him some money and not not think twice about it. Instead, Peter and John take their time. They slow down. They're interruptible. And they say, look at us. Look at me in the eyes. Let, Let me truly know you and love you and care for you. You're not just somebody to toss some money at. You, you are a person worthy of love and care. And we then can feel that love from Jesus in our own lives, and then we can then extend that love and that grace to other people as well as the people of God. And I wonder, when's the last time? When is the last time that you slowed down enough to really see somebody? To really look them in the eyes and, 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 uh, and, and really figure out and know what's going on? You know, Peter and John they saw that he was being carried up and that there was something wrong with him, and that's the same way. We can observe that something is, is going on in somebody's life, but um, you know, we, we could just toss them the proverbial coin, you know, praying for you, whatever. But when's the last time that we really slowed down and actually um, looked at somebody in the eye and said, "Look, at, look at me. How are you doing really?" Because in the church and for Christians, we don't have the option. Uh, to have, hi, how you doing, I'm fine relationships. It's not an option. I mean, it's not a choice for us as followers of Jesus to have the, hi, how you doing, I'm fine, in passing types of relationships. We we are required (laughs) and called and have the privilege and the opportunity to have a, hey, how are you really doing, types of relationships. And those types of relationships should be the, the, the core of what we do and who we are as Christians and as a body of believers here. Those types of relationships, that kind of love and care and, and, and deep fellowship should mark us as a church because that's what we see here in the text. And I, I have been convicted personally this week and uh, I've had to confess um, that there are, there are people in my life, I'm going to be real, there are people in my life that when I see them, I want to go the other way. They're just, I'm sorry, they just are. Uh, and, and, and this, I mean, this is the example of this kind of person where, you know, that I, like, really what I would like to do is just kind of toss them a hey, how you doing, and, and continue on my own way with whatever I had going on. As if my life is the most important thing. How selfish and how opposite of Jesus is that? said to, to look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Um, and so this uh, has arrested my heart this week, um, to, to really slow down, to have, like Peter and John, say, look at, look at us how look at us, make eye contact with somebody, and really get in their lives to know how they're doing, and how you can serve them and love them. Lord, forgive me for not really seeing and caring for people the way that Jesus does. Because Jesus really does care for the down and the out, and that doesn't mean somebody uh, that's necessarily financially down and out. It means somebody that doesn't have relationships and people that really care for them and see them and know them in their lives. And there's power in people seeing us, looking us in the eyes, and knowing us for who we truly are in Christ. May this be the culture of our church, where we have these types of relationships. May we be a people that really cares for one another, sees one another, and loves one another the way that Jesus has. Let's look at verses five through seven. And I see this, that Jesus cares about the heart, not money or status. Jesus cares about the heart, not money or status. Look at verse five. And he, that's the, that's the, the man, he fixed his attention on them expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. I love that Luke mentioned the detail that he expected something from them. I I love that he mentioned that because... um, you know, he says, look at us, and so he's like, okay, I'll look at you. I mean, get, okay, give me the money now. Like, that's what he's, he is expecting a financial transaction. He's expecting this relationship to be business as usual. You know, I ask you for money, you give me money, and that, we'll just keep it going. He expects something from them, but what he, ex- <laughs> what he receives is certainly not what he expected. But what he expected is not what he actually needed. What he really needed was Jesus. And that's what Peter and John give to him. Uh, It's not about the money. In the KJV, all of our favorites, silver and gold have I none. It's not about the money. It's not about the money. That's not what this man needed most. What he needed was Jesus. Um, I loved it. uh, A guy named Thomas Walker, he commented on this moment. And he said, the power was Christ's. But the hand was Peter's. So this is, this is Jesus working through his people. Again, this is the whole point of the book of Acts and the point for you and I today. We are to continue the ministry of Jesus. As his followers, being indwelt by the Holy Spirit, we are just continuing the ministry of Jesus. Well, we see, he doesn't care about the money. It's not about the money. It's about the heart. And I want to talk uh, a, a brief aside about miracles. Um, the reality is God can do what he wants to do. <laughs> He's sovereign, Uh, and God created the laws of nature, and so the normal laws of nature that you and I, we live in every day, and we expect certain things to happen, uh, you know, things to continue on normally, we expect these things, and uh, God created those laws that are normally at play that we're accustomed to. However, God is in control of those laws, and if God chooses to work in a different way, He certainly can. Um. Because he is free to do so as the sovereign creator of the universe. He can work in whatever way he acts. Sure, he made the laws of nature that we know today and and, uh, controls these things. uh, But he is outside of those. And so he is free to to work as he desires. And this is what a miracle is. When God chooses to act uh, in such a way that does not accord with uh, what we might know as the normal uh, laws of, of nature course, he can bring about healing by whatever means possible. He can do it supernaturally, or he can do it through the means of uh, medicine that he also inspired um, uh, us to develop, right? So either way is is possible. He can still heal and do miracles in a supernatural way, or he can bring about uh, miraculous results through normal means. Both these things are true. So does God still do this today? Does he still operate outside of the normal laws of nature? Sure, I think so. I believe so. There's nothing in Scripture that would indicate that God suddenly can't uh, do miracles anymore. Of course he can. Um, And we can pray for that to be true, and we can still pray for miracles, for healings to happen in our lives and in our world today, certainly. Now, I also believe the scripture is clear that these specific healings that we see jesus doing in his ministry and also the healings that we see like peter and john and the apostles doing throughout the book of acts um, they were uh, for a specific purpose to confirm and uh, give authority to the ministry and that we see this happening because um as, as Peter and John perform this miracle, they get a certain level of confirmation uh, that they, this really is Jesus at work in them and through them. It is, a, it is a certain level of confirmation that then they are able to turn around and testify to Jesus. And so these miracles, um, they, they had a more specific purpose uh, in that it, it gave their ministry a certain level of validity uh, that then those around them would uh, give them the authority that they were due, and and really trust them with what they were teaching. Okay, so it was a a validation of the apostolic ministry as Peter and John are doing these miracles. And we see this because what happens in the rest of chapter 3 is then Peter has the opportunity to get up again to preach and call people to repentance and faith in Jesus. And so the miracles are always actually about pointing people to Jesus. The miracles, the the physical miracles and healings are actually always about the more important thing. And that is the miracle of having our sins forgiven and having a new heart. That's what it's actually always about throughout the Gospels and throughout the book of Acts. So we need to keep that in mind. Uh, Yes, as we pour out our hearts and pray for miracles, for healings, I believe that God can and still will do it. But the the greater reality and, and the more important thing is that it's actually about our hearts. That's what Jesus is after. He's after transformed lives by the forgiveness of sins. So this is what it's, um, it's all about. And um, so it seems that these healings that we see periodically in the book of Acts, they might not be the normal way that things still happen, but I believe that God still can heal in miraculous ways, and we can pray for that to be a reality. And the last thing I'll say for now about miracles uh, is a story that I read and a a commentary about about this passage. And uh, there's a guy named Thomas Aquinas who is a uh, medieval theologian in the Roman Catholic Church. And there's a story uh, that he was talking with Pope Innocent II, the Pope at the time. And he said um, the Pope, they they were together, and the Pope was counting uh, some sort of large sum of money. And the Pope said to Thomas, Thomas, the the church can no longer say, silver and gold have I none. And then Thomas looked back at the Pope and said, true Holy Father, but neither can she now say, rise up and walk. And that is, um, I'll just leave you with that, that maybe it is worthy of our consideration. That as the church uh, gets so caught up in our financial means and what we're able to pull off in our own strength with our own money and our own finances, when that becomes the greatest thing and the more important thing as we slip away, maybe we lose some of our uh, power to be spirit-filled. I'll leave that for you to consider. When we ask ourselves why we don't see the signs and wonders done in our churches like we see in the book of Acts, it might be worth pondering and thinking about maybe we're too financially prosperous for our own good, and it clouds our vision and distracts us from the ministry of Jesus, who preached good news to the poor, who cares about the down and out. It's who he came for, it's who he cares about. His ministry was actually against the religious elite and uh, those who wanted to act like everything was okay, but really their hearts were far from God. Something to think about. Um, And in verses 8 through 10, as we move on uh, and and come toward the end of the passage, here's what I see in these verses, 8 through 10. Again, the kind of moral of the story when it comes to the healings. Jesus wants to see lives changed. Jesus wants to see lives changed. This is what we see in verses 8 through 10. Look at the result. And leaping up, leaping up. He stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So Jesus cares about changed lives. And we see the result of the lame man being uh, healed is that other people actually get to look and see and say, Whoa, something happened. Something's different, is now different about that man. And uh, this is true for you and I in our spiritual reality. When, When Jesus really changes our lives... When we can look at, at a specific moment in time, maybe when we first came to know Jesus or, or in our, the course of our lives of, of following him and, and obeying him. If we can't look back and see like, whoa, uh, look what God did. Look how Jesus saved me or, or look at um, what he is doing in my life. If there are not moments like this of us leaping and worshiping and praising God and people going, okay, something's different about them. Then, then we need to consider uh, whether or not we have had a, a real, true encounter with the risen Lord Jesus. If we're able to, again, I, I'm not saying we're, we're going to have ups and downs in our lives, um, we're, there, and I said this last week, there's going to be moments of time where, you know, we don't want to come to church. We don't want to read our Bibles. We don't want, I mean, the desire might not be there. But if, if there are not moments in, in our lives where, where we have been leaping and praising and worshiping God for what he has done, then we must uh, consider uh, what God is really doing. The result of the changed life is he starts leaping and praising God and others see that he had his life changed. Just so you know, the word uh, leaping here is a very rare word and it is a hyperlink. You know, a hyperlink on uh, like Wikipedia, you click on somebody's name and it takes you to that page. That's what's happening here. Uh, Luke is doing this with Isaiah chapter 35, verse 6, in a prophecy that was to, about the Messianic age, where there's a new age to come, where, where God is going to break in and when He's going to be at work, the new Messianic age that Jesus brought. Luke is saying, It's now. In Isaiah 35, 6, It says this, the lame man shall leap like a deer. And so Luke is saying, hey, you know that time that was prophesied about where the Messiah is going to come, when God is going to be among us and he's going to make everything new? You know that time where where heaven is going to meet with earth and there's going to be a new reality coming? It's now. Jesus is here to change lives now. Are you ready? Let's go. That's what Luke is telling us in the book of Acts here. And isn't that a picture of what our lives should be like as well? What our lives should be like as a result of our salvation. We should be leaping and praising God. There should be a deep, inexplicable joy that comes when Jesus saves us. And if you know, you know. <laughs> you know, if you, if, if you know it, you know it. There's something, there's something that has happened to me. Jesus saved my soul. We have our lives changed. Again, it doesn't necessarily mean that now everything is easy, Butterflies and rainbows and sprinkle cookies, right? That's not what it means after we're saved. But as we yoke up with Jesus, the burden is light. This man had gone unnoticed, overlooked, unnoticed and overlooked by everybody for over 40 years. But this man was now known and seen by Jesus. How long have you been feeling Overlooked, unnoticed, uncared for. Know this morning that Jesus sees you and cares for you. And I pray that he would use maybe people in this room who would say, look at me. Look at me. I know what's going on. Tell tell, me, how are you really? Let's be real. Let's take it to Jesus. Because he knows you. He loves you. He cares for you. That's what this passage is about. This is what Jesus wants. He wants to see lives changed. He wants to fully know you. You can come to him by faith. You can pour yourself out to him and be fully known and fully loved. That's what he wants. He came to save sinners, the worst of them, not the people that think they've got it all together. And like you can go through your whole life uh, acting like everything is okay. This is... You know, that is the opposite of of what Jesus is about. He's about taking off the mask, being real, confronting your sin head on, yes. Not leaving you in it. Pulling you out of it. Giving you new life and hope and a future. We can take off our masks. Because what Jesus is doing, and we see this right here in the very beginning with Peter and John and then this man, Jesus is creating a new people who take their masks off, who are real with one another, who have the how are you really doing types of relationships with one another, that help one another pursue holiness and love and extend the radical grace and forgiveness that Jesus has shown to us despite our sin. Jesus is creating this new people. And we can become a people who are willing to be real with one another, accept one another, despite our sins and failures and we can extend this grace that Jesus has shown us. And I pray that this is true of us as a people. Jesus wants to see lives changed. He wants to forgive your sins and he wants to send you out of here leaping and praising God for what he has done. In just a moment, we're going to have our our normal uh, response time where we've got just a few prayer partners around the room uh, who are open and ready to pray with you and for you about whatever it is that's going on in your life. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, And so I would encourage you, if the Lord is leading, uh, or if you just want somebody to pray with, uh, come to one of our our prayer partners, and and, uh, we'll have some moments of prayer. But in response to the word, just a a few specific things for for us to consider and to live out. Um, I want to encourage you to take off your mask. don't, you, don't, you don't need to act like uh, everything is okay you know, and that you've got it all together because it is when we take off the mask and admit that everything is not okay, that's when Jesus can really start to do some work in our lives. When we confess our sin to one another and pray for one another, there's healing that comes, James 5. Uh, I would encourage you to see people, to really see people Yes, in the gathering, you know, with what we're doing right here on Sundays, may we slow down in the hallways, linger in the lobby, uh, hang out in the, in the worship room for a little bit afterward, and really talk and, and get to know people on a deeper level the way that we see here. I want to encourage you to do that. But also outside of these walls, where we go about our busy lives and, and, uh, and, and want to overlook, um, have a tendency to overlook people. And not really see people for who they are, I would encourage you to to engage in that type of love because that's what Jesus did. And then let's work to see people's lives changed by Jesus. Let's tell people about what he's done in our lives. Let's testify. Let's be the witnesses that Jesus really has changed our lives. And when we do that, that's where we're gonna see Jesus do some real work. That's where we're going to see people starting to be real with one another and coming to know him and trust him as Savior and Lord because he gives us uh, just an inexplicable joy as we come to him in faith. So would you pray with me? We hope you were encouraged and challenged by what you heard today. If you'd like more information about Champion Forest Baptist Church, our service times, or how you can get connected, visit us at championforest.org. Thanks so much. Have a great day, and God bless.